That's right, everybody. It is time for another episode of Model Railroad Talk. I'm your host, The Bandit. Today, we've got actually a listener email. Um, I've been emailing back and forth with this gentleman, and he's got lots of questions. And today, we're going to tackle some of those questions. Um, we do have a review to do today. Um, today's just going to be this, you know, this episode is just going to be kind of random, kind of take a break from the introductory coming into the model railroad world or getting back into it, you know, beginner stuff. We're just going to kind of probably just ramble on today. Um, so if you guys are ready, um, let's get the show on the tracks. All right, everybody. Well, I don't know. We can always start these podcasts, these episodes off in different ways. And, you know, I try to mix it up. So, um, so how y'all liking the new kind of, I don't even know what they call it in this world, this realm, but, uh, the intro and stuff like that. Um, I found this sound and I think it's a little more fitting than it music and stuff like that but hey you know this is always evolving podcast so um yeah so like we said in our intro we have a uh i i've actually been uh emailing back and forth a few times with this person um and they reached out to us originally and um asked was asking about and we'll get more into this down the road but was asking about a certain way to control trains and stuff and we replied back to them and you know so and then they sent an email back to us and they had other questions so i thought that would be a good thing to talk about on this episode because you know it it the questions that were brought up and we won't dive into a hundred percent of them just because time and um i don't want to bore you all folks um but uh but yeah so we're gonna do it we're gonna talk about some of those um we may wander off like we do a lot of times and then like we said we do have a product review we are going to be reviewing the digitrax ut6 and ut6r throttle um yeah so um but first we are now officially i don't remember if we announced it on in episode six or not but we are officially on um itunes now so we are on like several several um platforms um in fact let me show you uh or not show you how can you see you're listening um looking on just my um oh this thing it gives me analytics um we're getting listeners spotify amazon music um apple podcast stitcher um other which would probably be like google um we are on um pandora all that good stuff so um and i'm excited to announce this but not only are well a majority of our listeners are here in the united states but just to let everybody know and this is kind of exciting we have listeners from Puerto Rico, Canada, New Zealand, United Kingdom, and Australia. So for me, that is very, very exciting. And, um, and you know, I thank you. Um, that's all I can say is a simple thank you. Um, let's just face it, not just me, but, or this podcast, but, you know, any podcast, any um vlog or whatever they call them nowadays you know like on youtube and stuff we can't do or we can <clears throat> but it's hard to continue to do this stuff you know um whether it's uh doing videos or podcasts without listeners i mean it's one thing to get you know a few listeners of course you know most people um when they start doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, they get followers. They have friends that'll follow them and family or, you know, that kind of thing. But when it's when like I'm looking at the analytics and I continually see um, this podcast grow 
you know, I, it's no, it's not like, you know, what do they call that? Uh, uh, trending or whatever they call that. The young kids call it nowadays. Um, you know, no, it's not an overnight blow up, you know, success, but in the long run, grand scheme of things, you know, it is, this podcast is becoming more and more, um, known, I guess, or it's getting out there more and that's great for us. Um, that gives us the, the strive, the, oh, the encouragement to continue to do this. Cause it's, and especially when we get, uh, emails and, and responses back from you folks, um, it, it gives us that drive to continue on and, you know, um, give you guys an example. Um, you know, yeah, I work my full-time job, but like when I'm on lunch or when I'm driving to work or from work or whatever, or, you know, I'm, I get to the house and, you know, I don't either a feel like working on the, my railroad, my layout, or I I'm waiting on a part before I can do any more, that kind of thing. You know, I will sit there and okay, start running through my mind. What am I going to do next? You know, what, what can we talk about? And, and you folks listening and sharing and this, this podcast growing helps fuel that. Um, so Anyways, uh, enough of my soapbox. So I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners. Um, we, we appreciate it. Um, we really do. Um, all right. So we are going to jump right into our listener email. Now you may hear some, uh, papers, uh, hearing papers fumble in the background because I've got notes and I got the email, that kind of thing. So I apologize. So yeah, I would say about, oh, last, well, let's say, well, by the time you guys hear this, it's going to be more like two, a week and a half, two weeks ago, but by the time you hear this, but for me, um, this was about a week ago. We, we, the, uh, our podcast received a, um, uh, an email, um, and the original email, um, was asking about, um, our our Duno or something like that. I don't know. I've seen it in Facebook groups and stuff like that. Um and some and a lot of the groups I'm in and even online forums. It's a type of um microcontroller, like computer based. I think it's like Pi, uh what do they call that? Um Raspberry Pi kind of setup that can control your trains. I mean people have gone so far to like build this program, the system that they literally turn it on, fire it up and get it going. And it will literally run the trains, signals, everything, um, you know, and you can sit back and watch. So on that aspect, um, well, first let's go back. Uh, Mike W. Um, yeah, Mike W. Um, not sure where he's from. Um, doesn't really matter. We thank you, Mike, for a listening, but B sending us an email and continuing to communicate with us and we we look forward to looking up and and um researching um some of your questions and stuff like that that we don't know and folks that's one thing that you know i'll we'll tell you right up front i'll tell you right up front i do this even outside of this podcast you know if i don't know something i'm gonna tell you i don't know um and i'll look it up you know i I have no problems, um, especially when it's something I'm interested in, like model railroading. Um, I have no problems looking up, uh, you know, stuff that I don't know. Um, but uh, that's not what we're going to discuss today with that, because we had re replied back to him and stuff. And then uh, Mike had sent us, um, an, you know, replied back to that email and he started asking some, about some other questions. And um um, so his first, I guess, more or less question or his suggestion, um, um, and we're not really going to do this one today cause this gets more into the DCC tech, but he was asking about diving to DCC a little more like what's required to make a DCC ready locomotive, uh, able to run on DCC and stuff like that. That will actually, Mike, if you're listening to this one, um, that will come in a later episode. We are 
working right now or planning, however you want to, or whatever you want to call it, I guess, an episode that we don't, we're trying, the hard part about some of this stuff is when we're doing these podcasts is, okay, yeah, we've got the content. We, you know, right here, we have a listener email. Hey, I want to hear about, you know, this and this. Okay, great. I could sit here and just read, I could grab, like, say my Digitrax book or go online. I could just read to you. Folks, you can do that. You guys are listening, A, for me, you know, sometimes being stupid or whatever. I'm I'm that way. I don't care. I laugh at myself all the time, probably more than most people do. Um, but also you're looking, you're always looking for something interesting and stuff. So, um, that will be, you know, we're, 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 I'm, I should say I am, um, working currently on, um, in a sense, trying to plan a DCC episode that we can cover. We've already kind of covered the basics in, uh, episode two, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll go like just past those basics and that way we can answer questions like this and go into a little bit more and help, you know, either help new people or help refresh people, maybe their minds that are coming into this, uh, into the hobby or re, I guess, reintroducing themselves to the hobby, whatever. Um, so anyways, um, but the, he goes on, um, to asking, which is a very good, cause we discussed this, um, um, I want to say, I guess I don't remember which email or episode it was. I want to say maybe we discussed it in episode three or four. Um, apparently, I need to update my notes on my episodes a little more, folks. Um, but anyways, um, but we talked about, um, I think uh, I think I was talking about potentially switching from HO to N scale. Um, so we some of this we may have already touched, folks, but... Um, this will kind of pull it together. This is more of an in-depth uh, as far as this particular email that or this question um, idea he has. So he was asking because um, Mike has, I, I remember I, without going back to the email, I should have wrote a few, a few better notes. He's had railroads in the past, but right now he's without one or he's in the planning stages at least so he was asking um his first question was um the pros and cons of ho versus n scale um and he did list out some stuff like he'd went to a hobby shop and the hobby you know this has been several years ago and he said the uh the hobby shop owner handed him a book or books you know and show or showed him the catalogs i guess the better term um, and the N scale one was like a third or whatever, a half of, uh, as the HO and, um, the shop owner worker, whatever told them, you know, they're always adding new stuff every day. And Mike, you are correct. They are. Um, but I guess you got to look at it this way. There's always going to be, when it comes to your basic stuff, track, um, you know, control systems, so on and so forth. You're, you're always, you know, uh, you're always going to have, and locomotives, you know, I mean, not every manufacturer, but, uh, between all the manufacturers, they have, I'm pretty sure have built probably every single kind of locomotive that's ever been made in the real life. Um, every single kind of car. Um, and if they haven't, there's modelers out there that have kit bashed and scratch built locomotives and cars, you know, um, as an example, um, to match everything out there. So as far as product availability, just to the downright, okay, um, you want, you know, this particular kind of locomotive, yeah, you're probably going to get you're you're probably going to be able to find it in n scale h o even probably o scale um and heck uh even g scale i'm seeing um i get i see the ads once in a while for g scale and um one of my for my model my model railroad business um uh, i get updates and stuff from some of my uh suppliers and i mean it's once every three or four months um even in g scale 
um, some manufacturers coming out, not necessarily with a new version or a, a new locomotive, like the type of locomotive, like, you know, SD40, AC4400, whatever. They're, but like um, uh, road name. And, you know, of course, they're always evolving. That's the one thing. It doesn't matter what scale. Most of, not all, but most of these companies out here are always trying and, and uh, always trying to evolve better, more detail, uh, finer, better paint jobs, you know, so you get crisper lines and stuff. But let's face it, it doesn't matter what scale or whatever you go to. I mean, obviously, the bigger scales, the more detail you can put in. But um, there comes a point where how much detail is too much? Um, so that is basically going to be, um, I guess my ideas on the pros and cons versus HO or I'm sorry, HO versus N scale, you know, how much detail is too much? Um, it was in, and I don't remember Alan Keller did a three, well, he had three different videos. They were great model railroads. And I think now it's actually done under uh, model railroad academy but which is online um but he did i don't know i can't tell you the episodes without looking them up um yes i do have them but i should have wrote them down because let's face it when i do these podcasts i just spin them i don't write down these notes i just give myself a just a basic list and go from there so um but he did three different videos basically updates the original and then two updates for george Celios, who's out of uh, i think it's matches massachusetts or yeah i think he's out of massachusetts but anyways he's the owner of fine scale miniatures and i remember and this has stuck with me for years and years and years ever since i've seen them when i was i don't know when they came out basically um that from the first um volume that alan keller did with george to i want to say it was the second volume which was several several years and several volumes i mean we're talking like i think the first episode was like uh volume 12 or i don't know exactly down in that range the next one was like volume like mid to upper 20s so i mean and and i can't imagine he's I, I think maybe he was doing one, two videos a year. Uh, he's, no, he would have had to have been doing it. Either way, it doesn't matter. Even if he was doing two or th two to three videos a year, that's still quite a time frame in between these volumes. And um, when he came back into the second video, now if any of you don't know George Celios or Fine Scale Miniatures, look him up. Um, I am not going to go into great detail, but. Um, in my opinion, I'm not saying he's the only one like this, but in my opinion, George Celios is one of the best um, modelers out there for detail. If uh, look him up, if you haven't already, um, if you never heard of him, definitely look him up. Even if you're listening to this podcast and you're not into model railroading and never will be or whatever, I don't even care if you have a hatred for trains. Look this guy's layout up um it's the franklin and south met manchester um by george celios um you can find pictures online facebook whatever there's even a group for the his railroad um the detail i mean down to the little pieces of paper that are blowing around his city i mean they're not actually blowing around but you know he simulates that all the way down to leaves built up along curbs and stuff like that is unreal i mean it is just he is one of those that the detail that he puts into the, the his railroad is is absolutely amazing so george if you happen to be ever listening to this podcast or somebody that knows george Celios is listening to this um you know by all means please <laughs> tell him he rocks okay um, but anyways, getting back to what we're talking about, but it, uh, second, his second episode or volume with Alan Keller, um, Alan Keller noticed, okay, well, with the second phase or whatever of this railroad completed, he was kind of comparing it from the first section to the second or first phase to the second phase. 
and I and this has stuck with me. <clears throat> excuse me, folks. This has stuck with me ever since I seen that years and years ago. Um, and more recently, I watched it again, and um, Alan Keller actually noticed that from phase one to phase two, you know, the addition that there wasn't like in the cities and stuff like that, there wasn't all the detail. I mean, like in the first episode, and I don't remember, I think it, the town was Franklin, um, like people, st you know, people everywhere. It looked like a bustling town. I mean, height of the, I want to say he did model 34, 38 or something, 1938. And I mean, it, it was a bustling town. I mean, you look at it for someone like me, it's like, holy crap, you know, that, if the people were had some sort of motion, I would have thought it was real. So he had asked George why, you know, comparing from that first section to this edition, looking at the towns and the detail and stuff like that, he, he noticed that he, um, the detail wasn't the same. And so um, George's response was, well, how much detail is too much? And he went on to explain that he had received an email or talked to somebody or something or other. Um, and the person had actually, you know, kind of scolded him, I guess. And, and that guy and whoever it was reaching out to George had kind of in their eyes were scolding him because too much detail, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like George said, he kind of got a little upset and was going to was thinking of how he was going to reply back to this guy. But then it got him thinking, well, in reality, how much detail is too much? So that leads me into the HO versus N scale. How much detail do you want in your scale? And it's not even just HO versus, uh, versus N scale, which that's the most common. So we'll stick with those two. But um, the bigger the scale you go, the more detail you can put in, you know. So you know, are you going to be a person for the pros and cons? Well, I guess the, let's, let's start with the pros and cons. Um, end scale, you can, if you've got the right tools, the right material, parts, whatever, and, and patience <laughs> and glasses and stuff like that, you can super detail an end scale locomotive, rail car, um, structures, you know, that kind of thing. You can super detail them almost to the point uh that you can do ho scale um but how much detail is too much there comes a point where um especially the smaller you go those fine details you're going to start losing them once you what a weather that locomotive car um building whatever you could start losing some of that detail by weathering and unless you're doing it for the sole fact that, you know, for your own personal that, you know, Hey, I know I did that even if nobody else. And, and that's fine. Go ahead and do it. But, um, but that's one of the pros for going with HO versus N. If you are a super detailer, you want to see that super great detail. Um, HO is going to be better for you. Now, it, the flip side of that, if you live in a little, um, uh, you have, well, it doesn't matter where, where you live in the world. If you are limited on space, if you are, I think we talked about this, uh, actually we said, we had mentioned it in, uh, both episode six and, uh, I want to say episode four, we went into this, some um, about the bench work. Okay. Um, and operations and stuff like that. If you, you may be in a situation where you've only got enough space for a two foot, not even maybe a one foot deep off the wall, you know, four foot long piece. If that's all you have room for, N scale is going to gain you. It's going to be, that's the pros of N scale. You're going to be able to fit, you know, not quite, but almost double the track in a space that you would be able to put HO in. You know, I mean, so, I mean, that is definitely, that is definitely, definitely a positive for N-Scale. And that's why in one of those episodes I was talking about potentially switching because I'm early in the building planning stage where at that time I was. 
you know, I'm like, well, if I switch now, I'm not that far. I'm not that in de uh, debt with cars. You know, I've only got, you know, half a little over half a dozen cars, a couple of locomotives, whatever. You know, my DCC system will switch fine, whatever. Um, but then the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, let's face it. I'm not getting any younger and I know my eyesight's not the same. I got to wear reading glasses more when I'm working on stuff closer. So I, I just made the decision to stay with HO, which I'm fine with. Um, the cons of N scale, if you're wanting to put DCC decoders and sound and stuff like in them, if you switch into DCC, um, they can be um, a little more difficult because of the space. However, a lot of manufacturers now, Digitrax, TCS, <clears throat> um, Soundtracks, TCU, I think it's TCU, TCS, something like that, Locktown, um, and there's several of them out there. They are actually making decoders and sound decoders that you pull the circuit board, you pull the locomotive cover off, you pull the circuit board out, and you just basically replace it you know, and they even have little things for the speakers that, I mean, it literally is made for that locomotive. Um, now you're probably going to be spending just for the decoder on that's specific to a uh, line of, uh, locomotives. You're probably going to be spending, you know, 75 to $150 or more for a decoder, but it's simple. Pull it out more, almost plug and play. Um, where HO scale, you have a little more room. You have a little more room if you want to do, say, like ditch lights or something like that. You can do them on N scale, but it's going to take a lot more work wiring because you got to hide A, your soldering and stuff, very, very fine wire. Um, but HO scale, you can get away with a little bit bigger gauge wire. Ditch lights would be easier, you know, if you're doing the little blinky light on the on the cab that kind of thing whatever mars lights on the front of like the old e and f units um you know that's the uh, pro for ho con for n scale you know um track work um they're about the same they both have about the same um availability as far as now there may be there's i think there's more manufacturers of ho scale track um, well, overall, there's more manufacturers of HO scale stuff um, than there is of N scale. But I, I feel that overall, this day and age, you know, it, with it being 2023, um, I feel that N scalers have almost, not quite, almost the same availability that HO scalers do out there. It's just different manufacturers. Um, prime example kd kd makes ho scale all the way up through g scale couplers they do not make n scale or z scale where you get into correct me if i'm wrong, if I'm wrong but i think it's microtrains does the n scale stuff and there may be a few others you know so you just have to you know if you decide n scale you just have to go look outside the box and look around um other than that, other than I'm going to move into the next question he had was asking, which is kind of going, you know, basically the same thing, which is DCC um, side of it. But we're going to we'll do that here after the break. But um, what do you what do you folks think? Reach out to us. You can email us at uh, modelrailroadtalk at gmail.com. You can go to our website, www.modelrailroadtalk.com. Um, there's a form field that fills out <clears throat> and we do not spam you or nothing like that. Um, you know, reach out to us there. Um, you can reach out to us through most of the platforms you should, you could be listening to this on. Also, you can go to our Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N page, and uh, you can reach out to us through there. Um, any of these ways are safe ways. We're not selling your info, but what do you guys think? You know, I know I didn't cover very much. I was going over the basic overall <laughs> pros and cons of HO and N scale. Um, so what do you guys think? If you, if you have any input, please reach out to us. Um, um, we'll take it. Um, you know, 
this day and age to answer your question mike um ho and n scale now is uh, uh, for the most part you're going to have the same options um or close to the same options um like i said it just you may have to you know you won't if you go n scale for couplers or for for n if you go n scale and you want upgraded couplers you have to go microtrains or you won't be able to do kd or vice versa you know um so we're gonna take a quick break here folks um and when we get back we are going to dive into his question on dcc which has to do with uh you know ho versus n um and um what the limit some of the limitations are with n scale or potential limitations so and also hey also we have our review we're gonna do so stick around folks we will be back join the model railroad revolution go on over to patreon.com forward slash model railroad talk and become a premium supporter by becoming a premium supporter, you get added benefits such as an exclusive private Facebook group, live videos while we record, access to the latest episode before anyone else, and more. Your support helps us continue to grow and support the Model Railroad Revolution. Go on over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Model Railroad Talk to become a premium member today. And we're back. Um, yeah, so just to kind of recap um, pros and cons of HO versus N scale, my personal, and this is only my personal opinion, I'm sure there's going to be people out there arguing, you know, oh, HO is better or N's better, you know, whatever your preference is. You know what, folks, when it boils down to it, you got to look at, like we've discussed in previous episodes, you've got to look at a, um, for starters. Um, and I think most important is your availability of time in your situation, you know, as far as family, spouse, whatever. Um, and then assuming that's all aligned and everything's good there, how much space, physical space do you have when it boils down to it? You know, who cares if, People think HO is better or, and, or even Z scale or G or whatever. What serves you and your, uh, in this hobby, what's going to serve you the best way possible? Yeah. Everybody dreams of that huge layout that makes it into model railroader magazine. And, uh, you know, when Alan Keller was doing his tapes, you know, made it on the, but you know, in reality, folks, you gotta always keep in the back of your mind. It's your railroad. It's your, you know, think of it this way. It's your hobby. What, you know, what, what you put into it and get out of it is your choice, you know, folks. So, um, but I guess to go back on it a little bit more, HON, um, I feel like you have, because I think a lot of the manufacturers have cut back a little bit on the HO scale stuff. Um, you know, as far as detail parts and stuff, I don't, I don't want to say cut back, but they're not really pushing to come out with more stuff. That's more in like the DCC world and the more techie world side that they're always trying to come up with something new for model railroading. But when it comes down to the brass tacks, the basics, N scale, HO scale, my personal opinion, really the only difference other than size, um, your cost isn't, whole lot different between them um and is you know i don't know i just i personally have always or not always mostly done ho like i've said in previous episodes i've had n scale layouts and they were nice because it was when i lived in an apartment and i was able to do a two by four two foot by four foot or two three foot by four i don't remember what size they were but you know i was able to do a small one on a piece of foam core and I just left it on my kitchen table, you know, cause I never used the kitchen table. You know, I don't even know why I had one, but, um, you know, and, but you know, what serves you as a model railroader? And I don't care if, you know, folks, even if you're brand new to the hobby, 
and you're planning, you're taking a notepad and writing notes down or putting them in your phone or whatever your choice of keeping notes is, you are in a sense, a model railroader, you're planning one, um, you know, or even if you don't have it, you have zero space or you're not allowed to do a railroad and, um, you know, you, or, uh, sorry folks, uh, thought I heard something upstairs. Uh, yeah, I do my podcast in the basement on my computer in the basement in my railroad room. And I thought I heard something, but it was probably just the cat. Anyways, um, um, you know, you may not have, you may not be allowed, you know, if you're, uh, <clears throat> you know, not picking on anybody here, but if, if you live in a, um, say a retirement community, they may not allow that kind of st- stuff, you know, um, even if you're picking or you have a subscription to model railroad or, uh, or, uh, railroad model craftsman or whatever, um, or you're on, um, trains.com subscription or whatever, you're interested in the hobby. You are still a model railroader. You don't necessarily have to be building a model train in my opinion to be a model railroader. So anyways, now we're getting back to DC. Let's get, we're going to kind of go back on DCC here a little bit more. Um, I've already touched on this a little bit between HO and N scale, but um, he was, his next question was, can use, uh, you know, what, you know, in a sense, what are the, you know, differences? Is there limitations on N scale versus HO as far as DCC or uh, yeah, DCC your first to answer that question the smaller you go as far as scale, you as far well, you stick with it, HO and N scale. Um N scale, generally speaking, because um I I know um being a Digitrax dealer that there is a ton, I bet you if not as many, almost as many. I mean, we're talking within a small handful difference of n scale decoders uh, versus ho scale decoders availability um a lot of them are specific um to certain um brands types of locomotives stuff like that and i think a lot of the manufacturers through the years um you know i think they've kind of realized okay you know n scale wasn't getting um I guess for lack of a better term, the attention it needed in DCC, because I mean, years ago when I, when I I've said before, I had a model road, model railroad business years ago that I can, I switched over to becoming a manufacturer instead of sales. And at that time I was doing, um, DCC decoder installs and I was doing them on N scale locomotives. I'm telling you, it was a pain in the butt because there was very few N scale drop in decoders. So you had to buy, just the regular decoder and which is smaller than a regular HO scale decoder. Don't get me wrong, but they still use the same. I want to say it's like 30 or 32 gauge wire, whether it's N N scale or HO because they use the same or they have the same, well, I guess they don't have the same plug, but they use the same wires, but it's a lot harder to hardwire in a decoder into an end scale than it is ho i can tell you that so i think a lot of the manufacturers realize that so that's why they started to make decoders specific the specifically more for the drop-in i guess um for end scale because it was so difficult at the time to and it wasn't so much i guess it wasn't so much to I mean, yeah, with the right soldering iron and, and solder, you can solder, I mean, to stuff smaller than like what end scale is. It's more or less the size of the decoder and stuff. I mean, they have to have so many electronics and stuff on these chips that, you know, you can only downsize them at the time so much. So, um, um i'm sorry i'm just kind of trying to read his email here um because there's another one i wanted to touch on so um oh let's see here 
Um, oh, okay. I had to make sense of everything because my mind, you know, I'm sure you guys have noticed this. My mind kind of goes sidetracked. Hey, that's who I am. Either like it or you don't. Ah, whatever. So um, he was asking, um, I, I think if I'm understanding your question, Mike, is um, um, <clears throat> as far as if you're doing DC, um, can you use the same transformer for N scale and HO? <clears throat> Most of the time um now i'm remembering back to the days because when i my last i don't know how many railroads i've done dcc um it's been quite a few years since i've done just straight dc i mean i've used dc power packs and stuff like that for um accessories lights stuff like that um but I remember back in the day when I was a kid, I want to say it was MRC that made, and I, I can look, I remember it now. I always looked in the magazines and seen, you know, their big one that had all these switches and everything else. And that was the one I always wanted just because it had a ton of switches, which I had no idea what any of them did, except for the one, the reverse and forward switch. And, you know, of course your throttle and your power, but outside of that, I mean, it momentum and braking and I, but I need, you know, as a kid, I wanted that. But um, but from what I'm remembering, I, I, I honestly think um, based on the DCC, uh, no, what I know of DCC and N-Scale HO and so on and so forth, um, if you're going straight DC, most of the power packs out there are, are your DC and your, or I'm sorry, your N-Scale and your HO scale locomotives are going to be around the 12 volt, 12 to 14 volt uh or I should say nine to 14 volt, depending on N or HO uh, voltage. Um, I don't know exactly what the amperage is on, on some of those uh, DC controllers, or if you're running DC, I guess when I was doing DC, I never paid attention to that like I do now or have been since I've been in DCC, digital command control. Um, but I do know that... Um, with DCC, Mike, if 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 you're thinking about going DCC, um, the decoders have their own, obviously circuitry and stuff, but they all, they also have their own. And I'm not a electronics guru. I love. I don't get me wrong. I love electronics to a certain point. But when you're talking like circuit board chips, resistors, I mean, I know what resistors are, but capacitors and I know what the each component does, but I don't know how they get them in there, but, um, uh, or how necessarily they work in conjunction with each other. But, um, if you say, um, I guess a good example, let's say you buy the Digitrack Zephyr plus system or whatever the starter express, I think is what it's called. Um, you know, it's a two and a half amp, um, system. It's got its own built-in throttle and stuff, but you can expand with it. You know, you can add uh, with the LocoNet system. Um, <clears throat> but you can, I do know, you can take that. Let's say you have an N-Scale out that you use to travel the shows and stuff. And you have your, you have an HO scale at home that's a permanent. But you don't want to, because I mean, I'll, I'll, let's face it, DCC, just like everything else, has gone up in price. So you don't want to um towed around or buy another dcc system so with the that's the nice thing about the zephyr system it's it's an all-in-one with the exception of the the power pack that you plug into the wall and you're like your local net cable you know if you are running a separate cable um it's an all-in-one self-contained so when you use that to go from um say the ho to the n scale layout there's nothing you need to do other than making sure your your locomotives have uh decoders in them and you know whether you want to program them or not i would recommend programming them to the road number but um other than hooking that power pack up to the portable or you know your traveling one and then you get home unhook it and hook it to your your permanent one you know in that situation um between ho and n scale no and there's nothing you need to do with the zephyr system now if you're going to run a railroad i will say this um and this may sound like I'm trying to sell Digitrax. I'm, I'm just using it because that's what I use and that's what I know. Um, but um, 
you know, let's say you have a fairly decent, within reason, decent size layout, and you're going to have, you know, anywhere from five to 10 locomotives on there, maybe not all running at once, but you want to be able to have, you know, let's say you have buddies that come over and at once in a while, they are all running. You're probably going to want to go to the Evo system. Um, just because it can handle more locomotives at once because as you move up your range of locomotives um like how many you can run um at once or handle or i guess in a sense having the system at once without having to delete them out is more um plus so the the zephyr system's a two and a half or three amp i don't remember off the top of my head system where the evo express with the power pack that they that's provided that you get with when you purchase the system that gives you a five amp or a five amp system which for a majority of railroads out there basement railroads five amps is going to be enough as long as like we've discussed in previous episode as long as you're running your your wiring right running bus wire and you have plenty of feeders unless you you have your your entire tracks are covered with locomotives and no cars and you have them all hooked together and you're going to run around that five amp system is going to um, suit you just fine. But then you, they have uh, like Digitrax, they have an optional uh, 12 volt power pack that you can plug in to it into the eight amp slots and give you those three extra amps, which, and, and we didn't really go into this in the last one, but, uh, or not the last one, but when we talked about the wiring, but that eight amps is eight amp having sorry folks running your system at eight amps is actually going to push uh so like if you're running say you've got a long run um of wire you're going to be able to push that power a little bit better with the eight amp system and you're or i should say you're going to have more power where you need it in the farther spots with the eight amp system as long as your wiring's there so now where i was going with all this is you can still you can run n or ho scale off that the biggest difference is when you go to that next the evo and basically the evo uh um express or whatever like the one i have it's the same as the evo the only difference is i have a wireless controller so like my locomotives or i'm sorry uh throttles i can have them separate or not connected um on both since i'm running eight amp system on mine both on the power pack that's powering the the main uh controller and on the uh the dcs 210 the actual brains if you will of the dcc system there's an option on there they have it's uh n h o n o scale so on the on the 12 volt power supply which i have the digitrax ones it you know you select it for the scale and i don't remember off the top of my head what the voltage or you know the power is but um it's basically just the voltage you know n scale gets a little bit less voltage than ho and ho has less than o scale so that's kind of the same thing on the um on your main you know on the dcs 220 um the control uh system you just select which scale you're at so there's no to answer your question that i don't believe if there is then i don't know about it and it's some either black market or something that's gone by the wayside that i've never read about or heard about but all dcc digital command control systems can operate um z scale n h o and o scale um you get above o well they can do s scale too but above o scale you're into a different kind of system anyways but um so no to answer your question there's no there's really no difference as far as dcc systems that is to be able to power n or h o so as far as pros and cons between n and h o for digital command control in the systems there's none they're they're the same across the board um in my opinion um 
the only difference in DCC, like we've discussed here a little bit ago, was you know your decoders. But there again, nowadays the manufacturers got smart, and if you do go in scale, um, if you're planning, or you're say you're running DC now and you have a or n scale, there are a lot more options to uh, for for drop in decoders and stuff. So that would make that a lot easier. Um, and as far as limitations, which we've kind of discussed this already is, is getting stuff out there, um, you know, like for 3d printing and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm personally on, um, uh, for my, like my railroad as time goes on, I'm looking at getting just a inexpensive, uh, 3d printer. Um, to print detail excuse me detail stuff you know like for uh you know, fences and parts for um buildings and stuff i don't really want to i mean i may look at 3d printing rail cars and stuff like that down the road but um so right now i'm just kind of looking um i haven't even gotten into the file thing but I, everything i've read there are uh plenty of file share or you can go and buy files for you know locomotive shells or cars or buildings parts stuff like that um with 3d printing so i would say as far as i i know a majority of my ho scale and bigger i would say and from everything i've read too it seems like there are plenty of um end scale availability for 3d printing but there again goes back to the detail you know how much detail do you want uh, you know and how good is the 3d printer is your is your you know if your 3d printer you know you you get what you pay for i mean if you have a cheaper one like i'm gonna get into am i gonna get a lot of detail no i and i know that um but you know you get a a better one a better quality one and it's not necessarily about the price but you know a better quality one you in end scale you might be able to get pretty darn good detail um so, but that for me, I'm, I'm, um, looking at, I'm, I'm looking into that right now for down the road for my railroad. So, um, but Mike W, thank you, Mike W for your, uh, email. And I look, uh, look forward to, con uh, this continued conversation between us through email. I love some of the ideas you've sent us and I really appreciate you reaching out to us. Um, and you know, folks, if you can share, uh, tell your friends about us. Um, if you know, if you happen to know somebody in the hobby manufacturing world and they want their product um, reviewed or whatever, have them get a hold of us. So on to that, we are, um, and this is just going to be a quick review because I wanted to get, be able to give you guys a review. So um, it's on the Digitrax and uh ut6 basically family which is a utility throttle it's not like the big one that you see everybody holding around this is a small one um and basically they have uh the ut6 and then they have the ut6 uh r i believe it is rd i don't remember what they're but basically the only difference is one is radio control and which you have to have the UR93 for, which is what the big Digitrack system is like I got. Um, or um, you have to be throttled, uh, or I'm sorry, not throttled, but um, tethered. Um, the I do know that the regular UT6, it does have the IRI, so infrared eye on it. Um, so you can go wireless with it, but you need the ir i want to say it's the u ur 90 or 91 something like that i don't remember off the top of my head um little panel that you would in a sense plug into and that would need power and you throw batteries in this but the bad thing about ir is most people know infrared it's line of sight so if you have a layout that you know you have a clear shot of that sensor on the layout for a majority of it or whatever then you'll be fine but if you have a lot of like some of these they have aisles that cut in and out and everything else on these layouts ir is not good you're better off going with the radio side and i even mine 
I could get away with IR or even just plugging in, but I went with the radio because a, I'm a Digitrax dealer. So I want to be able to explain how that works to people. But, um, but I also didn't want to have to mess around with having to plug in and all that stuff. So all the time, but I like this little throttle. Um, I actually prefer it for regular operations over the big, uh, DT, what do they call that? DT six throttle, which is the big one, dual, uh, basically dual cab, all that stuff. Um, this has a single throttle knob. So, and let's face it, most of the time we're not running two trains. And if I do, I grab one of my other throttles and just turn it on, on the loop and, you know, um, but what I like about this is it's the forward and reverse, um, is actually an actual switch on the top of it. I like to be able to flip it. Like if I'm operating, I like to be able to just flip the switch without having to look down at the screen. Okay. Did it reverse that kind of thing? Um, and in no way that folks, these, these, I won't even call them negatives, but these are my preferences and it's no, it should be not taken as negative towards Digitrax, but, um, um, but I do love this throttle because a, it's small, it fits in the palm of my hand. Um, I, I, for my hand anyways, I enjoy the single throttle or yeah, the throttle knob. And it's easier, like I said, for me, I can just flip it while I'm operating. I can pay more attention to the trains than I am looking at the screen. Now, this um, has the same screen that the big throttle has, the DT6. Um, the difference is the layout of the buttons is off. You can program from this one, which in the, the previous uh, utility throttles, you couldn't do that with. Um, you can, um, like I said, program. Um, it's got pretty much all the same options as the big one. Um, the big one does have a few more options. Like, like we said, dual throttle knob. Um, well, what else really? I mean, that's about it. Plus you have like the keypads bigger and stuff and, and it does fit in your hand good. Um, but my go-to if I'm just messing around or working on the railroad is this, um, I want to say the UT six the non-radio throttle it's averaging oh you know 75 80 bucks average retail um the the one with radio it's about 120 dollars give or take um but you know it's just a good little throttle now mind you folks this only works with digitrax but um it, it's just i like this throttle like i've said it fits in my palm it fits in my hand like i like I feel like I have good control of the throttle knob and I like the physical switch as far as um, the switch directions for the locomotive. So if you have a Digitrack system, it doesn't matter if you only have the Zephyr or you have the big system and you haven't tried that yet, look into it. Um, hey, I know a place that could help you out there too. <laughs> but anyways, sorry folks, sorry plug for as a, crappy plug for you know one of my sponsors here hint hint but anyways no um it's it, it really is a good little throttle so we're gonna start wrapping this up but one final thing um we have elected to do uh, i can't remember the name of the company that we're doing it through it's basically we're not getting a stock of t-shirts we're just you order it through them and they ship directly to you so we don't even deal with um you as far as this but we have we're we're trying it out it's for a limited time goes through the end of june um if you like our podcast and you'd like to support us um go to our facebook page model railroad talk or go to our patreon page uh, p-a-t-r-e-o-n page um model railroad talk um on our patreon page you do not need to be a patreon member to be able to view this or even uh like a, a subscriber or nothing um but uh we have t-shirts um it's got our model railroad podcast logo on the front and then uh and it's also got it on the back um we do get um we do get some of the funds from your purchase um and basically what that it's kind of more of like a fundraising thing but i don't like using fundraiser because i don't know but uh the terminology but it it so like we are have all we're constantly looking at 
how to make this podcast better sound uh content all that stuff so currently i'm i'm actually looking at trying to find a upgrade the mixer and even though these mic there this mic i'm on is actually a really good mic compared to the last mic i bought I still know I've got another mic sitting here for like if I have a guest, but I need to upgrade that one because from trials and stuff, it I don't know why it just does not work like it's supposed to. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's I don't know. Anyways, we won't get into the tech, technicalities of that. But um, but, you know, any like if you if you, even if you go to Patreon for three bucks a month, you know, and subscribe you um, and get, get the benefits from that. These funds aren't just going, you know, into my pocket. They are to help us upgrade um, and, you know, our equipment, make this show better for you. So, um, but yeah, check, check out the t-shirts on Facebook at our page there, which is Model Railroad Talk. If you have any questions, email us, uh, modelrailroadtalk at gmail.com. Go to our website, www.modelrailroadtalk.com. Um, sorry, this is a longer episode, folks, but hey, you know, sometimes they're that way. So. Thank you, Mike W., for your email. We really appreciate it, and I look forward to continued conversations with you. Um, All right, folks, uh, you all be safe, and um, thank you for listening. And until the next episode, keep it on the tracks. And sorry, folks, there we go. (laughs) 